I'm Jock Wilson, and this is Football North, the CFL. The regular season is winding down. The playoffs are right around the corner, and I thought this would be a great time to check in with the commissioner. A little State of the Union heading into the playoffs. It's a real pleasure to be joined by Randy Ambrosi. Randy, welcome to Football North. How are you? I'm great, Jacques. Good to be with you again. Yeah, w- w- without a doubt. You know, I-, I take you back to June 28, 2017. You were introduced as the 14th commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Uh, for-, for you, how has the last five years been? Well, you know, there have been a lot of highs, I will say that. And, of course, a few challenges to go along with it. But, uh, look, to be honest, Jacques, it was a- it's been a thrill uh, to be part of this league that's been a big part of my life since I was a kid growing up in Winnipeg and I've gotten to work with some you know remarkable people you know and I only would need to look as far as Calgary with uh, John Huffnagel and uh, and John Bean just to name two and a remarkable coaching staff and all the players and you know again I just kind of wake up every day feeling very very fortunate and uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, the playoffs in 2022 and beyond. Well, you know, you're bang on because I'm sure when you took this job five years ago, you certainly didn't have COVID on your mind. You know, you, you, you knew you might get into a couple of CBA talks. You know, there was the XFL talks. It's, uh, it's, I'm sure it's been a learning experience for you, Randy. Well, yeah, it has. And I, I, I almost think you have to go into it that way. You have to go into it assuming that, uh, you know, not to, not to overuse the baseball metaphors, but I, I think you got to expect the odd curveball. Uh, because it's, uh, you know, we live in a dynamic world and things change. Um, but you're around a lot of people who are willing to help. And again, I look at John Bean as an example, uh, somebody that I admire greatly. And, uh, you know, John's always there to lend a helping hand, always there to, uh, you know, talk things through. As, a, as And I get that support from the, you know, from all the governors. Uh, but you have to be willing to have an open mind and, uh, and learn along the way because uh, this is certainly not a static environment. Well, what are you most proud of in, in the past five years that you have, uh, you know, accomplished as commissioner? Oh, well, uh, look, I, 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 maybe that's a question, you know, further down the road when I, when I'm truly in a reflective state of mind, but, you know, look, I, I am, I am very proud of the fact that we saved the Alouettes in 2019. I, I think the fact that our, the eight teams decided that it was too important and the Alouettes were too important to our future. And we, you know, we got, uh, we got through that year with support from the, you know, from the eight partners. And, uh, and I'm very proud of that. I'm certainly very proud of a lot of the work we've done to kind of reset the league, the, you know, the work we did for the non-player cap, which really helped us to create some, a, a rational structure I'm really excited about what we've done with the the new uh, revenue sharing plan, what we call TSP, because that you know that sets us up for a, a better future. Uh, I'm certainly excited about the work we've done now with Genius Sports and the creation of CFL Ventures. And and maybe the thing I'm most proud of though is is the seven year CBA with the Players Association. 
It appears that second time's the charm. On Thursday afternoon, the CFL and CFLPA reached a deal on a new CBA. And just hours later, the union voted in favor of the deal's ratification. On Monday, the players' union voted down the previous agreement. CFL insider John Hodge believes some of the major sticking points included the Canadian player ratio and a ratification bonus. For Canadian players, preserving the ratio is of utmost importance. I know that is also important to some American players as well. However, in general, I think for American players, the larger concern was getting a ratification bonus. According to Hodge, the new deal spiked the ratification bonus to $1.25 million, while leaving the ratio unchanged in 2022, before allowing two veteran Americans to rotate with Canadian starters for up to 49% of plays in 2023. The agreement comes just in time to save the league's first preseason games, which are slated to go ahead on Friday and Saturday, games that the owners didn't want to risk losing. The owners really want these preseason games to go ahead and get those game day revenues that the CFL is reliant upon. In a statement, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi said we are pleased the players have ratified a new bargaining agreement between the CFL and CFLPA. The league's Board of Governors will conduct its ratification vote shortly. The preseason kicks off on Friday when the Toronto Argonauts tangle with the Red Blacks in Ottawa, while the Blue Bombers play host to the Edmonton Elks in the PAG. Brendan Purdy, Global Sports. And because I, I think it truly gives us an opportunity to work as partners. And, uh, you know, when you're constantly negotiating with each other, it's hard not to be transactional. It's hard, it's hard not to think about every issue through the lens of what it's going to mean when you're at the bargaining table, you know, next month or, or next year. But now we can actually think about the issues that we, that we are dealing with. We can think about them through a long-term lens and, you know, I have a lot of respect for the leadership of the PA. I, I think that both sides, the league, our side, and the players, were in a situation where we were almost always bargaining with each other and therefore not spending enough time working on the relationship. Jock, that's in a much better place today. Maybe maybe about, um, amongst all of it, maybe that's the thing I'm most proud of. You know, it's a great point, Randy, because stability is so important moving your brand forward. And, and you know, we're already seeing some uh, some offshoots of that. You know, the Zach Caleros uh, contract, you know, a three-year contract, almost unheard of in the past in the Canadian Football League, and some guaranteed money in the final year of that contract. That's great for the fans, great for the player. Every, everybody's, a, everybody's a winner in that situation. Well, they sure are. And, you know, this is one of the other, if, you know, if, I, if I could add to my list and say, I think we've learned how to listen to our fans better. You know, the, the work we've done with our consumer uh, surveys has really helped us to understand ourselves better and the expectation our fans have. And that was one thing that came out loud and clear, Jacques, is our fans want more roster stability. They want to see the best players stay and play for a very long time. And I think we've, we've done a much better job with the Players Association in this round of bargaining setting us up for uh, an opportunity for more, you know, for more stability, as you said, that's exciting to me. And that's, that's, that speaks to the great future that the league has. You know, it's interesting. I, I want to follow up a couple of your, your highlights because I think they're very important from a fan perspective. You, you mentioned the revenue sharing and, and I think on the surface fans probably don't see it, you know, from that perspective, uh, you know, in, in layman's terms, how does that work in the Canadian football league? 
Well, what it means is that the stronger teams are going to support their, you know, their partners. It's going to, it's going to mean that unlike uh, so many times in the past, you had an owner come in and their franchise is struggling and, and, you know, after a while they get worn down because they're kind of fighting that battle on their own. And what this did is this set us up to really create a partnership, uh, a higher level partnership amongst the teams it also sets an expectation that everyone is going to really work on their business because in order to qualify for the uh, revenue sharing support, you have to hit certain thresholds. And so what that did, what that does for us, I believe, is sets up a more of a horizontal accountability, right, where the teams are accountable to each other for their mutual success. And that's, I, I think it's just so important when you want to build something special uh, over the long term. So really what the revenue sharing did is it said to everyone, we are partners in the long-term future of this league and we have to, and we have to act like partners. And again, I look to John Bean and the very positive role that John played in the creation of this revenue sharing program. And a lot of its principles were based on things that I know John believed in strongly that we have to have, that horizontal accountability and we all have to be in this together. So Jacques, I think that's, you know, really at the highest level, that's what this plan really does for us. And it's such an interesting dynamic because, you know, in a nine-team league, you have really three different types of owners. You've got, you know, obviously the the the, the private ownership with, uh, you know, individuals, and then you've got the, the big conglomerate ownerships like we have here in Calgary, and, and, and then you've got, the, you know, the, the, the publicly owned teams. And, and those are three distinct different groups, and everybody has different challenges, don't they? Yeah, they do. And, you know, again, now you're starting to pile on because we're, you know, the list of things I'm excited about, you know, <laughs> keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I, I hadn't spent, obviously, enough time thinking about it. But, Jock, I'm, I, am, I am very proud of the fact that we're getting better and better and better at working together. And we're getting better at understanding each other's unique situations. The governors, uh, Scott Banda, our new board chair, has done a remarkable job coming in. You know, he really is tuned in to understanding the unique challenges that each of those ownership structures has and the unique challenges facing each of our of our teams. Scott's done a really good job of, of opening up the communication with the governors, because if you can build bridges across, you know, again, it's so often we think about you know society. It's not what makes us different that matters. It's what makes it. It's what's the same and what. Scott's been able to do and what we've been working towards is really focusing on those areas where we really have shared interests and how do we build something that everyone will be proud of. And I, and again, I think we've done a really good job of building bridges across those three types of ownership structures so that we have more of a common ground. It was December 2021 that you, the league, announced the, the partnership with Genius Sports. And, you know, just taking us back to that, that, that original news release, you know, transformative official data marketing, fan engagement to, to revolutionize the league, you know, the entire digital offering out there. Now, you know, we've seen, you know, we want to see the next generation of, of interactiveness for fans and that experience. You know, we've seen the new CFL Game Zone. We've seen some, some betting elements of that. But I, I, there has to be more to it than just that uh, can you expand on that a little bit yeah you know what jock interestingly enough i think what that original press release uh perhaps lacked is setting some expectations because what uh, what we learned in those earliest days with genius 
is that what we really needed to do is create a, a strong foundation on which the entire future marketing effort could be built. But you, you know, you had to do, you had to build essentially this giant data reservoir, which is, to, you know, if you're going to connect with your fans and they're giving you permission to communicate with them and you want to learn more about what they're interested in, uh, which is how you ultimately customize a, a, a customize offerings for fans based on their unique uh, areas of interest. If you're going to do all of that, you got to start by being able to capture all that data, and you got to be able to you got to be able to uh, uh, go through that data and make it and make it usable. If you if you don't like, so it's a really interesting idea to want to build a uh, to build a customizable. Uh, marketing program for your fans, but unless it starts with a good foundation, you'll never get where you want to go. So, you know, what we've been, what we've been hard at work for most of the last 12 months is we've been really working on building that foundation. So you, you know, you build this giant data lake and then you, I think it goes from data lake to data reservoir. And by the way, I'm not an expert at this shock in case you're wondering, (laughs) Uh, but you got to, but every step of the way, it's about not only capturing data, but ultimately, it's about being able to use the data to make sure that you can deliver a customized experience to your fans. And, you know, in the old days, Jacques, you know, somebody would send us a newsletter and they'd send everybody a newsletter, the same one. And then, you know, you would troll through that newsletter for things that were of interest to you. What Genius has helped us to see is the opportunity for us to, is to actually send everybody very specific things, very specific to their interests and you know, that's going to allow us now to look at our rosters and say, where did those players come from? And somebody who's got a player from the UFC or UBC or, or even better yet, University of Manitoba, the Mighty Bisons, and you find those fans who have a connection to one of those schools where one of those players played, or it might be Ohio State or Nebraska, and then you're able to attach a very specific marketing opportunity. Hey, come and watch your player, the player from your school or from your alumni is playing in a game, you know, this, this Friday or Saturday, and here's the time. So, again, it gives you that ability to be super laser-focused on, you know, giving the fans a chance to, to receive the information in a, in a format and very customized around their particular areas of interest. So, Jacques, that's what Genius has been doing this past year. Obviously, a big part of this is about the, you know, the single game betting um, legislation and it's going to open doors because what we really want is we want tens of thousands of fans with a $10 bet on their team or some element of the game that's going to make the game more exciting for them. We know that's been transformative in the world of sports. So, you know, Genius has been everything we could have hoped for. They're, they're, uh, they're positive, professional, and they're dynamic. They're helping us in the U.S. right now on our U.S. broadcast rights um, negotiations. So, again, just another area where they have brought value. So, for the fan who's wondering if Genius, you know, what Genius is all about, what I can basically say is they have outperformed in, respect, in every respect in this early stages of our relationships and we have high expectations for the future. Is this all part of the plan of attracting that younger demographic? Because I know that's always one of the knocks of this league. It's it's an older demographic. Yeah, it's Chuck. It so is because you have to exactly that. You have to think about the way the young younger fan is uh, the way they consume information. So they are not 
you know, they're not, uh, you know, they, they're not reading the newspaper. You look at the circulation of newspapers way, way down. Mm-hmm. They're not reading a newspaper. What they are is they're getting most of their information to their mobile device. And, and, they, and they, tend, they tend to consume that information differently. So, you know, they, they're more inclined to, to be able to be targeted because they have very specific areas of interest and you've got to be able to give it to them the way they want. And so, yes, it is absolutely a modern strategy built for the way the world works and particularly that younger demographic. So, Jacques, you nailed it. This was in so many ways about that uh, that future generation and the future of our league being more attached to this kind of digital world. Well, it is the digital world that we live in today. The COVID last year in 2020 was 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 obviously very, very difficult on this league, difficult on businesses, you know, across the world. Has the league, in your opinion, bounced back to where they were prior to, to COVID or, or do we still have a little work to go? Yeah, you know, I think about that all the time, and it comes up in conversations in various forms. I don't think we're—I don't think the world is fully back to 2019 levels. I think we're still seeing um, some hesitation amongst fans uh, to gather with their, you know, 25 or 30 of their closest friends in a big in a big venue. We know that we're hearing that not just in sports, but we're hearing that in you know the entertainment industry. We know the younger generation are more inclined to do it. Uh, the older generation, which you, you know, said we we got a pretty strong, we got a strong base of support in that generate in those older generations. They're a little more hesitant, so I don't think we're quite back yet. But I'm so excited about what our teams have been doing. You know, they have been pressing forward. Uh, look, the delivery of our product this year, the game has been so phenomenal. Uh, the quality of the play has been great full marks to the coaches, to Coach Dickinson and, and, and his staff, to Coach John Huffnagel, to all of the coaches and GMs and players for what they've done. I don't think we're quite back, but I would say our product has never been better. I would agree. The games have been very, very competitive. Uh, so many you know, going right down to the wire. Uh, the league did introduce new rules prior to this season. Uh, uh, take your commissioner's hat on, put your player's hat on, because you used to play this game. Uh, uh, how do you think the new rules have done? Well, Field position has been better, so I played on offense. You can be, uh, I know that you're going to play call differently deep in your own end than you are when you get closer to midfield. I think that's opened up the, I think that's opened up the play calling. So as a, as a guy that played, you know, played on the offensive side of the ball, really love what it's done in, in respect of kind of opening up the playbooks. I really love the hash marks. You know, frankly, I was a John Huffnagel uh, concept, John and a, and a handful of others who really felt that the hash mark movement could really open up the game. I think that's, I think that's opened up the short side of the field. I think I'm seeing from an offensive player's point of view, again, I think the short side is a, is a more fertile uh, opportunity now. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm watching, you know, play the, the, the great running backs in, a re, in our league. Kadeem Carey is an example uh, Butler, as an example, and they're bouncing the plays outside of the tackle box to the short side of the field, and they're putting a lot of pressure on that will linebacker because there's so much more space out there now than there was uh, than there was before. I really love that scoring is up. Um, we've actually, and again, the number of games, you know, 60% of our games have been decided this year in the last three minutes. 
that's really exciting. So yeah, I I think the I think if you're a football person, which I am, I think I qualify in that category. I have just absolutely loved it, and I've loved what our coaches and players have done with the rule changes. Traditionalists may uh, hate me for asking this question. Uh, I was talking to Greg Peterson about this. I, I don't know why the league wouldn't at least try four-down football in preseason. I'm not saying, you know, adopt four-down football. You know, still keep the Canadian rules, the Canadian field, all that other kind of stuff. But I, I don't know. Uh, would, would it be a bad thing to try four-down football in Canada? You know, I, look, I, I, our ambition is very simple, Jacques. We want to have the funnest, fastest, most entertaining brand of football on the planet. And what we saw this year from our coaches and GMs when they all came together for that meeting uh, that really launched the rule changes is we saw a group very committed to the idea of how do you use this big field? Like I personally, I believe the single, the single biggest feature of our game that makes it fun and fast and entertaining is the size of this field, almost 600 square feet more field per player than that other brand of football. Mm -hmm. I don't know that you have to change the number of downs to, to achieve our goal. Look, what somebody who loves football should do is turn on a game and just be glued to the edge of their seat, watching a game that is played with at, you know, reckless speeds and by world-class athletes where their ball is in the air and running backs are running down the field. I think that's what we've achieved. So if, if you think about it from just the purest point of view, what is it that you want? You want fun, fast, and entertaining. I think that's what we're delivering right now. And, to, and, and I, in some ways, it pushes all of the other conversation uh, away. Because it doesn't matter. If in the end we are the most entertaining product in the world of football, uh, people are going to watch us. I've only got a few minutes left with you, Kamish, so uh, I, I'm going to get right into it. Moving forward, uh, is is the biggest challenge for the Canadian Football League, you know, the new leagues out there, the XFL, USFL? Maybe you're going to restart talks with the, with the Rock. I, I don't know. Uh, what would be the biggest challenge moving forward? You know, I, I would honestly, and saying with total respect to whatever may come, USFL, XFL, whomever may come, our biggest opportunity is to focus on the CFL. Our biggest opportunity is to expand and get that 10th team. Our biggest opportunity is to focus on, as I say, fun, fast, and entertaining football. It's to work with our teams. It's actually now, I think, for in many respects, the biggest challenge we face is to stay focused. We have a great strategy, one that's been strongly endorsed by our, by our governors. Now what we have to do is we got to focus on our league, and make sure we focus on our strategies and on the execution of our plans. To my mind, the threat and risk that we face is, is, is a lack of focus. The great opportunity we have is to take everything we've done now and build on it and stay focused on, on, our, own, uh, on our own future. And at some level, not worry about what everyone else is doing, really worry about what we're doing. It's a great message. Uh, are, are you worried about officiating, or, or is it something that the league has to improve? You know, a guy, I think if you were talking to one of our officials, uh, they would tell you they're always looking to improve. I'm so proud of what Greg Dick and Darren Hackwood have done with our officiating group. They've really opened, uh, they've opened a dialogue with our officials about, you know, a constant state of improvement. They, they review every game. Every, every official is graded. 
Um, they have regular meetings where they talk about mistakes that are made. They're all trying to learn from each other. But at the end of the day, I think our officiating is excellent. I think we've got a remarkable crew of dedicated officials that uh, that that officiate something that is very tough. These gi- these giant you know men running at uh, at you know super speeds and things happen in the blink of an eye. I think our officials do a great job. But again, I'm so proud of the culture that Darren and Greg have created around. Hey, we're always looking to improve. We, we, you know, one of the things they've done better, Jacques, than I think we did in the past is in the past we were always defensive and, and we weren't prepared to admit our mistakes. Greg and Darren send a report out to the teams regularly where they acknowledge the mistakes that were made. I think that's the beginning of the creation of credibility. So when you say, hey, we messed up here, here's what we've learned from that experience. The goal is not to make that mistake again. That is what I think that's the culture you have to have if you want to keep striving to be the best you can be. And again, full credit to all of our officials. But really, I got to be a giant shout out to Greg Dick and Darren Hackwood because they've created a culture that I think is going to set us up for uh, for great things to come. You are a busy man. We're 23 minutes into this conversation. Uh, we're out of time. And guess what, Randy? Not once did I ask you about the halftime show at the Grey Cup, but I understand we could get an announcement next week. I, you are, an announcement is coming. Hey, the, you know, the entire music business was disrupted by, you know, by COVID, just like every, everybody else. Uh, we've got a lot of really good people working on this, and I think we're going to have a fantastic Great Cup with a fantastic halftime show. And yes, an announcement is coming, and we're looking forward to it. Everybody should pile into Regina. Uh, come, come, come for some of that fantastic prairie hospitality and uh, and come and watch the 109th Grey Cup at, uh, at Mosaic Field because it's going to be a show. I, I tell you what, I think the entire playoffs are going to be a great show. Uh, Randy, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. Jacques, it's always a pleasure. Best wishes to you and, and all of your listeners, and I uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. And that does it for another edition of Football North. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love to hear your feedback, as always. Maybe you have a topic for the show next week. Hey, I think we're going to set up the CFL playoffs for you. Hit me up, Jock at am770chqr.com.